This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, taking the complexity out of super administration so that you can get on with your business. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. This week, the ABC has launched a new show called Old People's Home for Four-Year-Olds. Here, preschoolers share their schooling with pensioners for an extended period of time. Uh, it will explore if this situation where four-year-olds and 84-year-olds work and play together can drastically improve the health and happiness of the older group. Professor Susan Curl, the director of the Cognitive Decline Partnership Centre at UCID, is the science behind this heartwarming show and joins me now. Sue, good morning. Good, good morning, Connor. Who came to who for this project? Was it the ABC came to you or vice versa? Or? Uh, this is very much the ABC's initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a, a similar show on a much sort of smaller scale done in the UK. Mm. And I think the ABC saw that, saw the potential. And um, it's been developed into something much larger and into something that's got a bit of scientific underpinning in terms of, you know, really good assessment of the older people at the, at the beginning and then at the end. So we've actually got objective measurements of um, improvements as well as just what you actually see on the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the last time the ABC delved into aged care, the whole thing blew up and we have a Royal Commission now. So was it, was it hard to get an aged care home on board? Um, surprisingly, it wasn't. Um, although I wasn't involved in the original negotiations, that was Deb Kuehl, the, uh, the producer of the, of the show. She certainly did a lot of that liaison. And I think it's important to say that, you know, the vast majority of, of aged care facilities are actually doing, you know, an okay job. Um, at, but certainly the Four Corners. Um, programs drew our attention to some of the negatives that are happening far too often. Mm. So you are looking for tangible improvements over a seven-week period and because we know lots of homes already do little activities, sing songs and things like that with, with kids and, and the older residents, but it hasn't been studied at this intensity before. No, no. A lot of people talk about intergenerational programs, which is where you bring children and older people together and you know, and there's a lot of fun and joy and enthusiasm. This is true intergenerational care where you get a supervised structured program being developed so that both the children and the older people are benefiting. So I mean, while it was just putting them together and then watching what happened, there was that um, structure. So, you know, they did do the painting of the tree, as you saw in the first episode. You know, they did go out walking to collect things. So there was some purpose to the activities. Mm-hmm. And it was very much interaction. Often when children go to a care facility, they'll, they'll sing or they'll do something like that. This is very much um, a collaborative um, sort of version of that in that both the older people and the kids are working together towards you know, a common purpose, whether it's painting or um, collecting um, bits and pieces for craft. So it's a little different to just the visits, and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. We were speaking before the interview, and uh, for someone who writes about aged care all the time, I was slightly shocked watching it. Um, one quote from one of the residents as the show started was, we're here to die, and the sooner the better. Um, that's incredibly bleak. Were you surprised that 
at times watching back? Yes, uh, and certainly, yes, that was Brian who said that, and he was he was very definite about that. But I think the fact he was so explicit, um, I think it shocked a lot of people, and, you know, it's why it's there up front um, in the first episode, just to remind all of us that um, aged care homes can certainly be seen as God's waiting room, mm. and we need to, we really need to change that. A large part of the, the nice part of the, the show and part of the science that you mentioned was that the importance of a creation of a bond. What What is the science behind that? Um, humans are pack animals. We like to belong. You know, we, we are really family um, orientated. And if you think... Um, we all like to belong to something, whether it's church or a football club or, you know, hobbies. But we also like to belong to family. And if you think back to the role of grandparents a few generations ago, was really the role of grandparents was to look after the children while the parents sort of went out to work or, um, hunt, you know, <laughs> sort of hunting and gathering. Um, and we've lost that in modern society. There isn't that link between children and their grandparents in the same way. And one of the things we were, I guess, attempting to do was to bring children um, back into that and to bring old, <clears throat> older people back into that as well so that um, those links, those that bond, as you said, could be established because that is missing in so many families. Mm. And I know you obviously know the outcomes of the show and you probably don't want to give too much away, but in the first episode we saw that not all of the residents are really 100% on board and some weren't interacting 100%. Can they still feel the benefits just by being involved and kind of in an area where things are going on? Yes, there's benefits almost. Um, well, there, there are benefits for everyone, um, even if they're just watching. And... Uh, um, it's probably not a, a, a spoiler to say people do get more involved as the show goes on. Mm. But but this was something we weren't sure of um, when when it started. We didn't know how many people would stay the dis the distance. Um, and fortunately, all of them do. Although we do lose John in the middle because he has to go off and have a, a knee replacement. Mm. But to see the joy when he comes back was was really amazing, both for the, the children but also for the older adults. And I guess that's one thing that we didn't expect in the program was that there were relationships developed between the older adults as well. These are all people in the same retirement village, yet they hardly knew each other mm. and there was no relationship between them. When they came together in this project, that uh, those those relationships developed and continued, and I think that was a positive that probably wasn't um, thought about at the beginning. Mm, well, there was two particularly funny moments from that um, on that where uh, there was a load of the three gentlemen having a little tea party was one, and um, there was another where there was a bit of banter between a, a female and, and male resident um, as one walked in, and it, I don't know, it just kind of this. It worked on so many levels in that respect that it cracked me up at minutes that I didn't think it was going to. Look, yeah, where Shirley talks about mouth to mouth, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. and and you know, and Brian is just about saying, "Well, I think I'll go 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 out again," yeah. and that that was all. Everything was completely spontaneous. There was no scripting in this at all. The only 
sort of the, the, the supervision was deciding on what activities um, the, the children and the older people would do that fitted in with the, the children, you know, what they had to do as part of their preschool syllabus. That, that mm-hmm. still had to happen. But then the way the older people got involved. So it was all very spontaneous. And I think that's the joy of it. That, you know, this is the way the cameras could watch the children and their reactions and particularly watching Tyrone when he's looking at Brian, who's very grumpy mm. and has got his eyes shut. Um, well, I was going to ask you fact- about that particular moment because I, I watched that and that was, I think, maybe the most beautiful <laughs> moment in the, in the episode. But I did wonder whether a producer was there kind of nodding Tyrone and going, why don't you go over there and have a little look at Brian? And then I did wonder um, then the relationship, because obviously you're, I'm imagining you're going to write about this show, and I'm wondering about the effect that a produced show can have on a scientific experiment and your outcomes. Yeah, and that's certainly, um, that's certainly an issue. However, in this case, there were eight cameras and they were hidden. So there, there, you, you didn't get to see it, and the children weren't seeing um, the producers. Mm-hmm. There were carers. Um, certainly from the preschool. Um, there was Fiona, who, who I think is just fantastic in the show, um, but also some a couple of her assistants because to keep an eye on the kids, you know, take them to the toilet and do things like that. But there was no prompting. Um, and I can say that, you know, this was them standing back only once or twice when they're outside where the cameras were obvious. Mm. Do you see the children talking to the cameraman? Um, but other than that, it was hidden. You know, there were eight cameras and I don't know how many microphones um, because they wanted to catch everything. But, yeah, the, there might have been a little bit of prompting from the assistant, but not mm. in the way, don't go and talk to, you know, go, why don't you go and talk to Eric or yeah, talk to Brian. Okay. No, Tyrone doing that was completely spontaneous. And, and wow. I just think, yeah, it's a, it's a really lovely part mm-hmm. um, of the of that uh, of the program. Well, I mean, that for me then, in a nutshell, kind of um, really brings to the fore the, the impact it can have because this child just has this little bit of intuition. He didn't even say anything to Brian, but Brian, you know, like, the, and if you watch it, you'll see Brian just starts smiling and opening up where he, he looked in a deep depression just before that. Yeah, to, to see the way Tyrone could bring him out of that. And I think that there is a, 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 some comments from Tyrone's parents near the start, and they say, you know, he's a very gentle soul, mm. a soft soul, I think is what they call it. Yeah. And, and there is that wonderful empathy. But you also see it develop in some of the other children during the, the show, and I think that's one of the lovely things was the way the children developed as well in this program and so there were benefits to them in terms of confidence and you know the interactions with others and um, it was really I think good for both and and the development of empathy that uh, it starts with Aidan saying come on Eric come on come on and then a little while later he says I'll help you Eric come on but he realizes that it's not just him ordering Eric to do something he actually had to help Eric to do it and so he kind of got it um, and I think that sort of thing is really lovely to watch as well because that's what happens when young people or children and older people get together you mm. do get that lovely interaction and that's what's missing with people who don't get that interaction you know with grandparents or older relatives um, a, a big part of the episode again was 
stressing the importance of the mental stimulation and so that the residents aren't switched off mentally for 20 hours a day. Could we see um, similar results or better results um, away from this series with teenagers or uni students interacting with, um, with residents as they might provide more intellectual stimulation? It would be interesting to see you know, how the different age groups worked. I suspect it will be very much um, horses for courses because there would be some people, some teenagers and uni students who would interact very well. Um, and I imagine John, who's obviously very well read and quite educated, and you mm. can tell from you know his, his group very, of the English language. Inter- yeah, very interesting um, character. He's, he really is. Quoting he, Shakespeare he, at one point. Absolutely, yeah, and he he would be quite different to say um, Shirley, and that would be different to Maureen, who had the who was a kindergarten teacher in in her earlier life. So they'd all be different. There is something about you know little ones and four year olds, five year olds. I think they're not judgmental. Mm. They just see older people as another person, and you know we're kind of hoping that that. This might also address a little bit of the issues around ageism, mm. because I, I always think it's very ironic you hear younger people talking about, oh, you know, they're old, and and my question to them is always, what don't you want to get old too? And they sort of look at me as if to say, oh, I said, let me tell you, we talk about the grey tsunami, but there is nobody that I've met who doesn't want to be part of that grey tsunami when they get to that age. And I think, you know, if we can get children thinking differently about older people, um, that would be good. And it would be really interesting to see uni students. And you see the ones that go and interview older people. And we see it with medical students when we actually get them to go speak to older people. They come back and they say, wow, that was so interesting. He knows so much, you know, about this or that. Um, whereas at other times they must, they probably just said, oh, they're a couple of old farts. Mm-hmm. But when they actually get to know them more, you know, more closely, more intimately, they suddenly discover their people too. Mm. And, you know, they've got fantastic experiences. And I think it would be lovely to see a little bit more of that developing. I'm going to jump ahead and assume that this is successful and you had some interesting findings. And then I'm going to also assume that you're probably going to try and write this up in some way. Um, What are the outcomes or what are the potential implications for aged care if it's successful? I think... um, yeah, you, you are correct in your assumptions that, that it is successful um, and successful in different ways and, and that's all I'll say because, you know, hopefully everybody will watch all yeah. all the episodes um, through to the end. Uh, I think the implications for aged carer that we've now got a clear indication of how you can do it. Um, my one caveat would be to say it is quite complicated to do it with preschool children because you've got to do things like police checks and you've got transport issues. Mm. Um, we're looking very much at perhaps encouraging playgroups to um, actually do their activities in an aged care facility that is, that, you know, where there's appropriate space. Uh, and I think that would be very interesting. Then you've actually got true intergenerational care because you've got the parents of the little ones there as well. And you don't have quite the same supervision issues mm. or the need to do, you know, working with children checks and all those sorts of the, the, the stuff that sits behind these sorts of um, programs. So there's certainly lots of suggestions, I think, 
um, that will come out of this show of different ways to do it. We have colleagues um, at Griffith University who've done quite a bit of work in this area and I was involved with them some years ago, which is how I really got interested in the whole concept. Um, and, and this group at, at um uh, at Griffith University have published quite a bit of their work um, and they actually released it about two weeks ago. They had a, you know, an, an evening. Um, and what it does is give some of the business side of you know, how you do this, what the costs are, what the different models are. And I think that will be very useful for, for aged care facilities who, who have to decide you know, what to do. The other thing is if you're building a new facility or renovating, Think about building a, 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 a childcare centre or some sort of facility that can be used as that into your new build because we need more childcare. We're hearing that all the time. We need more aged care um, and particularly the day activities. We don't want people sitting for 20 hours in their room if there's other things to do. So it's thinking ahead, I guess. How can we improve um, what we're doing now in terms of aged care, particularly accommodation and, and the environment. So it's a funny, heartwarming experiment and potentially life-changing. Um, thank you very much for joining us to talk about it. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Connor.